welcome to a very special Trust the Wizards podcast. My name is Chirizo Garbanzo, and our special guest on this episode is John Mouse. Hello, John. Hi, Chirizo. Right? Hi, uh, yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, so you're you're in Cardiff, about three hours Hello. south of, of me, and um, amongst other um, inevitable digressions, we're, we're mainly here to discuss your new album, uh, which is called The Goat. So we're going to play a song from it to start us off, and this is called Buy to Let Industry Expert. expert from John Mouse's new album The Goat. So John, what, what is it that they're wearing? In, in, in this, What kind of shirts are they wearing in the song? Uh, next shirts. Next. Yeah, that's what I thought That's what I thought yeah. they were saying. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed that you've got um, the album's called The Goat and there's a few animals mentioned on the album 
but no goat, no goat. So what? Why, why is the album called that? Goat. Uh, yeah, it's not the animal. It's an. Is there an acronym when you say the for the initials or something? Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So it's for the greatest of all time. So that that's why it, why it's the goal. Okay, and is that is that because uh, you, you, it's your greatest album of all time, or you are the greatest of all time? All those things, I think. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> okay. um, it, it, it kind of stems, it, it, you know, being on Twitter, you know, there's always like definite, you know, I'm this person's the greatest footballer, this yes. person's the sportsman, and stuff like that. And I just thought when I was doing this album, I'm just going to be really pompous and like take the piss a little bit of myself and just call the album The Goat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Calling myself The Goat because no. I, I, nobody else does. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So why not? In it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm interested in the mechanics of recording an album in lockdown. So d yeah. does that mean that literally every noise we hear on it is is you? No, completely the opposite. So the only noise you hear from me is the vocals. Um, uh -huh. If if you came across the fan sessions yes. that we did. Yeah. So, so the guy Phil, who I wrote the fan sessions with, did all the music in Lincolnshire, mm -hmm. sent them to me on maybe like a Tuesday, uh, and then I worked on the top line on the melody, wrote the lyrics. Maybe by around the Friday, I'd send him um, the the first draft uh, of that, and then we'd to and fro then over the Saturday, and then like tidy it up on the Sunday. Yeah, so that's an unusual way of working, isn't it? Often you get a lot of groups who they've written the lyrics, the lyrics are finished, and then another band member, like Squeeze, for example, you know, one of them writes the lyrics, gives all the lyrics to uh, Glenn Tilbrook, and he writes the music. So did that? Yeah. Did that mean you had to um, make the make the lyrics fit certain lines, and you know, the length the length for the verses and the choruses and such? Exactly, yeah. All the, the music that I hear was pretty much um, complete. You know, the, the the entire backing was pretty much complete, and the song we've changed the song structures very minimally now and again. So yeah, I kind of had to fit everything in. I've got drafts of um, stories and ideas and stuff that I was able to claw the the lyrics from yeah but then they had to be molded into their own songs and you know some 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 of the lyrics that i would send over uh, initially just didn't work with with the musicality of the song then as well so it's like my initial idea maybe didn't sit quite as well as it could have um so it was it was a, it was a long process and interesting one because previously i've written the music as well yeah or alongside or He's done it, but this was the first time he'd written all the music, and I just done all the all the words. So it struck me yeah, on, on on some of the songs um, that um, I don't know if it's a deliberate choice, but sometimes when when Phil has sent you some of the more bouncy, cheerier music, then you've then chosen to pair that up with some of the darker stories. Yeah, that, I, I said that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, otherwise, it just becomes a rubbish and boring song, I suppose. Then yeah. you know, it's, there needs to be some interest, some 
give and take, some dark with the light. There needs to have that friction. Me and Phil talk about that a lot, about like the humour in the dark and and like kind of like what Aidan Moffat does as well, although he's, he's a lot of the time driven towards sex and stuff. But yeah. um, mine is a bit more reminiscent of like childhood and things like that. So, yes. Yeah. Um, Definitely, that was that was a purposeful choice. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, then I the one I um, I think is probably the best example of that on the album uh, is the Raven Argonette, where the music is very chirpy yeah. and bouncy, with even some sort of la la la's in there, um, and and the the lyrics as as you will as you will hear in a minute, listener, uh, are are far from that. So I'll ask you more about that at the end. But just before we play okay. the song, what what is a Raven Argonette? What is it? What are the titles? It's a mean? caravan. It's a caravan from the 1960s, I think. Ah, okay, because some of it takes place in a caravan.
brother's partner to visit her brother. Do you remember that game of strip poker? That game where you threw water off my pants and humiliated me. That game in the caravan and she said no. She said she didn't remember. She didn't remember that game of strip poker. But I know, I know that she orchestrated me taking her brother to the stream. Taking him to the stream and making him drink. That was The Raven Argonette by John Mouse from the album The Goat. Uh, so inevitably, hearing a song like that, I've got a few questions for you, John. Um, okay. Some of your spoken word songs um, are, are amongst the sort of most disturbing ones, uh, and and <laughs> and I like the the dark humour that you mentioned before. How much, if any, of that is is based on your autobiographical stuff, real life? Okay, so the Raven Argonaut itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, there's always something that sparks the story off. So um, I mentioned it before in another interview. I, I like the idea of like faction, you know, where, where, you've, where you, you have um, the spark of truth and then you just go off into your own story. So mm-hmm. in the Raven Argonaut, I did live by the mountains. There was plenty of streams. No doubt I've probably seen some dead sheep in there. Um, I used to wear daps, yeah. and I was in, involved in a game of strip poker once. That's it. <laughs> the whole taking some kid up the stream and bullying him into drinking from the stream doesn't exist. Good. Um, yeah. if, if, it, so, if it was to, um, it would probably be unwise to admit it in, in, in a song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it was kind of this story, uh, like it was taped. Maybe it stemmed from the strip poker where I felt vulnerable um, because it was with like old, older girls. Yeah. So maybe it's that kind of like pushing, pushing against younger people when you're like in your very early teens. So, you know, that age of innocence going into the age of experience, just crossing over and just maybe seeing how far you can push boundaries. So maybe I was thinking about like that concept and idea of taking a younger kid up the stream and how far you can push them before they cry or break down. So yeah, you know? um, and, and and like like yes. quite a few of your songs, it it, it kind of gets darker and weirder uh, as as you, as more is revealed and you re- repeating certain parts about like in that song about taking him to the stream and making him drink. Which starts off as uh, the first time you say it, it sounds fairly innocent, and then once you yeah. realise by the end of the song that the, the, the your brother-in-law is is in some in some way incapacitated, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like um, I, I've I've done this a couple of times now in the technique and and the style of writing where you slowly reveal the, the story um, and it changes, but also the way it's written so. Where I repeat the lines and then add add more words to the same lines, so it's kind of just building on the story. And it's, it's 
adds to the confusion a little bit as well. Mm. Um, something Callahan did on on a song um, that I really liked and that I've used more and tried to push that idea more. But then the end of it, yeah, it does take a twist. So yeah, um, the idea uh, at the end is that we've taken this boy up the stream, made him drink from the stream, knowing full well there was a rotten ship, uh, a sheep there, so that it wasn't fresh water, and um, but it all stemmed from um, from this game of strip poker where he believes, but this again is unreliable na- narrator yeah. that um, that um, she orchestrated um, me or the protagonist taking her brother. So the boy turned out to be her brother yeah. to the stream to drink down the stream. Um, and the, and um, so and that that woman turns out to be my wife as well later on down the line, um, and we and then we go to collect her brother's partner um, to visit him um, as well. So he's obviously in jail or in a hospital or something something to him later on down down the line. So there's a lot of paranoia. There's a lot of like mistrust and reliable narrator all sorts of stuff, but just looking back at it now as well, just like drinking from the stream, it, it was it was such a, uh, like a gold, um, like a, a golden chalice kind of thing. Everybody wanted to find the fresh spring up the mountain where, where I lived, you know? Yeah. If you found a fresh spring, it was like gold dust. It was like, yes, we <laughs> found a spring. But it, it all stems from that kind of idea, really. Right. And I've got a question about uh, another one of the songs. Uh, the last song on the album, uh, O'Sullivan, Reardon, and Doherty Bond. Uh, that's so it, yeah. That, so that's again. That seems to, that that seems to do very well. Uh, uh, portrays um, that sort of low level annoyance with your neighbour. Uh, um, that kind of where little things can kind of build up into simmering kind of hatred. Um, I don't know if you've heard the Half Man Half Biscuit song "Every Time a Bell Rings," which which was on their last album, and it just ends it with him saying, "Get your hedge cut, get your fucking hedge cut," repeatedly. Yes, he's so you that the other day actually. Are you that the other day on on Spotify? I came on my algorithm or something, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, are you still there? Yep. Yeah, I'm still there. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, you you froze. Yeah, I love that. I love that song, and I retweeted it. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant song. Um, I'd like to say that the story for this is the same as the last story, but it's not. It's totally true. All <laughs> this, <laughs> every single bit in there is um, fully autobiographical, and I just really hope that my neighbour didn't hear me record it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, has your neighbour played those people at snooker? Uh, yeah, he, he was an amateur snooker player and he did beat Ken Doherty. Um, so, you know, we, we were semi-neighbourly friendly and that, that was our talking point, you know, it was, yeah. it was just snooker. Um, so, uh, and now and again he'd show me photographs of like him and Mark Williams or um, Ronnie, Ronnie, or someone like that. And I'm a massive Snooker fan, massive Ronnie O'Sullivan fan. So right. that's as far as it goes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, you'd have enjoyed the championship, the championships last weekend. Then uh, I, I, my, one of my oh, favourite bits it. of the of the championship was Ken Doherty 
a, a classic bit of um, stating the blindingly obvious in his snooker commentary. And there was uh, uh, Mark Allen was was losing a match at one point, and Ken Doherty said um, he's trailing six four. If he's going to win this match, he is going to have to play some snooker. I always enjoy it when the commentators <laughs> say things like that. Um, yeah. In, in, in the final, O'Sullivan, O'Sullivan was 8-2 up and McManus commented how O'Sullivan was there for the taking. <laughs> I, missed, I missed the final because I was actually yeah, in, in, on, in, a, in a caravan. Uh, not, not a Raven Argonette, but a, um, something called a Willoughby Brennick. I was on holiday yeah. and they didn't, I, they didn't have um, BBC One or BBC That's Two. That's a good name. Willoughby Brennick. That's a, we, we actually had a... We we actually had a list of different caravan names to pick from, so that wasn't and and I was like a bit nervous about getting that one because that was a really old kind of nineteen sixties one. I wanted a more like authentic um, one that would have been parked outside the house in the eighties, so like an Eldis cricket or something like that. I, I I actually wanted, but we just in the end we, we stuck with the name the Raven Ar- Argonet because the name I. Um, all the song titles, the, the names are important as 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 the lyrics as well. I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on okay. to the, um, the 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 song about the pigeon. It's got a bit of radio play, hasn't it, on Six Music recently? Yeah, it did. It had um, it had Tom Robinson played it first, and Tom's been a big supporter of ours for a long time, um, and also Gideon Cole has been a big supporter. Um, all the way back with Gideon Cole to when I was first starting out this uh, JT Mouse like 20 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago. So so those two, those two tend to play um, our songs quite yeah. a lot. I don't take it for granted and I'm really happy when they do um, because I listen to Six Music as the station I go to. They're the kind of shows that I, I discover new music. So having my songs on, that, on those people's shows and on that station is as good to get for me really yeah um so the pigeon is um uh a man who leaves his house and gets stuck in the porch right because there's an evil looking pigeon there and that's yeah. is that based on a, exactly. that one's based on a book it's based on a novella by patrick suskin called the pigeon um and that's exactly what happens he he leaves his flat one day um, tries tries to leave. There's a pigeon in the hallway, and his life unravels after that. So my 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 kind of song is a very short snippet of of it. Um, and the, what what I discovered with writing this album, and you tend to feel like a theme that starts to come through your lyrics. And what I realised, um, it was a lot of like intruders. Um, um, in in this album, people coming into your, unwanted people coming into your life or unwanted situations coming into your life, yeah. and I felt like that was the theme that I went through. It was the same with um, Kaplunk, Kaplunk Sticks, where a man comes into the house. Um, so uh, I think once you once I got into the thread and the flow of the writing of the songs, I think that was something that really came through the neighbours, the unwanted neighbour. Yeah. Um, so. Um, you know, initially, like the first song, I didn't know where I was going with it. I think the first song I wrote was the movie song. Um, 
but I think Pigeon was the third song, and I think that really set set the stall out for what I was like actually trying to say in this album. Um, so I've 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 quickly read the book back, and there's it's nice as well because like every now and again I'll see a little line in the book that sparked some of the lyrics off as well. So that that's so if people do want to read it and listen to the song, it's a good companion. On seeing through my daily routine The morning activities I left my flat And discovered in the hallway A pigeon A pigeon A pigeon A pigeon Well needless to say in my 43 years of existing on this planet Never before have I been faced with such an incident A trauma and cocked his head to one side Beady lashes, eyes deviously lifeless A lens into my soul As I froze, it moved Shifting its weight from one foot to another That was enough for me And I leaped back into my room away From the pigeon The pigeon Sounds particularly menacing. Beady lashes, eyes, deviously lifeless, lens into my soul. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Your your, your accent yeah. adds to the menace there. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just saying what the song was on how um, the infiltrator were um, came through in a few of the other songs, like the Anselmus Party um, coming into your house, that kind of stuff as well. So. Yeah. yeah, and and in Kaplunk sticks the the um, the the, the, kind of the drunk, drunk bloke, the drunk bloke. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, that's not based on anything in in your real life. That, is it? Yeah, it is. That's loosely placed. You know, um, I remember a party happening in my 
in my house when I was a teenager and not knowing who these people were. So I was the teenage boy. Yes. I wasn't. Yeah. I was the teenage boy coming in, uh, um, n- not the protagonist who is dealing with the drunk bloke. Yeah. The, the, that that's my favourite bit in that song where where the uh, where the, the t- your teenage son comes in to explain that he's perforated your daughter's eardrum with a plunk stick and you basically say look I've got bigger problems than that right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I actually perforated my own eardrum with a knitting needle so that's where that idea oh, came dear. from yeah, yeah. that's how, that sounds I mean perforating eardrum doesn't sound a good thing to do anyway but but doing it with something sharp and pointy like that sounds even worse yeah 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 I, I wanted to ask you about uh one of the songs from your your, your replica figures album um yeah uh the, the the closing song on that gladiator contender uh because yeah. when i reviewed that on our website a couple of years ago i i, I yeah. said that it was about um sort of being with someone is it about being with someone as they're dying is, or did i misread the so no, you are just you are just spot on yeah so maybe you should <laughs> carry on <laughs> yeah well it, yeah and then it was it's well, well i'll play it in a minute so the listener can hear okay. for themselves but uh yeah and you're watching sort of tv with them and yeah. it feels like is it a father or son thing in the in the story grandfather and son. yeah and it feels like that you know I don't know the 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 gladiator are you ready contender are you ready is addressed at at the the grandfather and the and the grandson. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like death and life. It's like a kind of passing, you know. Um, so I'm not really sure who the gladiator and the contender are, but I think I think you 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 summed it up really nicely. And I, I think like it was just that that battle. Um, I think the second verse goes on to say, you won't win this fight, he told me, no matter how hard you try. Goodbyes are hard to prepare for quite often. You say goodbye without even realising, without that it's the last time you see the face, last time you hear that voice, the very last embrace. Contender, are you ready? Gladiator, are you ready? It's preparing. It's preparing for death. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's, yeah. And... But using the television show, using the popular culture of the late eighties, early nineties, Gladiator as as the springboard for for that as well. Because, yeah. Goodbyes are hard to prepare for, and quite often they slip by without 
even realizing it's the last time you'll see that face the very last voice you'll hear the very last embrace contender are you ready contender are you ready gladiator are you ready gladiator are you ready contender are you ready contender are you ready gladiator are you ready Contender from uh, John's 2018 album Replica Figures, uh, which was so. Was that was that your fourth album, John? That was my fourth as John Mouse, and before um, that, you made an album as JT Mouse. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was my fourth album. That was the first time I, um, since well, the first demo album that I did, which was It's Universal, John Mouse, I did on four-track Tascam. Uh-huh. Then the next the next albums I did with Phil, and then Replica Figures, I had Sweeper Boo to produce it, and didn't work with Phil on that one. Although I'd used a couple of demos that me and Phil had worked on in our album as well, but that was the only album that me and him kind of didn't work together on. When you say Sweet Boo, do you mean the guy who's in Kate LeBond's band? Is that the same guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kate right. LeBond, Griff Reese, bass player. Um, he was actually in JT Mouse originally as well years ago. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, we, we worked together on, on that Replica Figures album. He played a lot of the keyboards and, uh, and all the bass on that. Right. Yeah, he was playing. And when I saw Kate LeBond, he was playing bass with her, I think. In her band, yeah, uh, yeah. right. And, uh, Brilliant. I've seen. Well, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, if, if if I've seen Griffiths a few times as well. So if, um, sometimes on his own though. Um, but yeah. I, I have seen him with a band uh, a few times as well. So maybe I've seen him, the same guy play with uh, Griffiths as well. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned before you, uh, about um, the stories. So I was just curious to know: Have you written? Do you only write um, these prose for for songs, or do you also write, you know, for, for without music? Uh, I wrote a novella once. I did um, a, um, a master's in creative writing in English, and uh, part part of the dissertation for that was to write the first four thousand words of a book. So I did that and made it a bit longer and self published it. Uh, as a novella through crowdfunding as well. It was called The Hospital. And um, 
pretty pretty much in a similar vein to the lyrics in 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 the style as well. Um, and it was it was just about um, uh, auxiliary nurse um, trying to progress his career, but being involved in some um, drug um, not trafficking drug running yeah. for another auxiliary nurse. Um, uh, 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 but that that was kind of incidental, you know. That it was more about the it was it was a character yeah. story really. Anything. And can people um, read that? Is that online anywhere? It is online. I think if I think it was public, it, it actually had a proper publisher. Um, I think they called Square Poetry. So it was a poetry publisher who who did it because it was a lot of kind of poet poeticness about it. Yeah. So I think it's online Square Poetry, and I think there is still a few copies flying around John Davis, the hospital. Okay. So, Okay, right. Well, we're, we're nearly at the end now, John. So I've just got a, a few of our uh, questions that we ask for. We always ask um, these questions yeah. to everyone we interview. Um, yeah. Now, one of them is, I, I think I already know the answer to what you're going to answer because um, you, you, you off, off air, you told me what you were going to do this afternoon. Um, All right. But uh, <laughs> a, a subject that causes a lot of controversy between me and the other wizard is cricket. Um so we have a, a difference of opinion. So I'll ask you, cricket, is it any good or is it a load of old bollocks? <laughs> so I love watching test cricket. Uh -huh. um, and, and that just stemmed from growing up in probably the best era of test cricket, in my opinion, where you had Malcolm Marshall, um, Curtly Ambrose, um, and the Australians, Boone, War, War, and all, all those kind of plays in England were shocking. So, um, so I, uh, and it just reminds me of long, hot summers with not a lot else to do, or rainy summers with not a lot else to do. Um, but since cricket has stopped being free to air, I've kind of lost interest in it. But um, I, I play cricket, and I'm not very good... Um, I, I prefer to play football, but I still play, play cricket. The problem with cricket is if you're a batsman, and that's what I tried to be, one mistake and that's it. Yeah. That's the game. So it's a very frustrating game to play. Um, is there a load of bollocks? Yes. But what, But that's fine, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's, it, it could be both. Yeah. It doesn't, the, the two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. So you mentioned football as well. You're a Cardiff City supporter, right? Uh, I support. I'm one of these people who support a few teams because because I'm Welsh. Yeah. Um. So I support. I grew up supporting my local team called Tom Pentra. So that's the team I really support. Nobody would have heard them, but we got the FA Cup first round proper once. We got into Europe once. Played here in Veen. Um, Ruud van Nistelrooy was on the bench. You know. So they yeah. they were a big. They were a big club in the eighties with like five, six hundred people go in there when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, and when I moved to uni, I moved to Swansea. So I followed Swansea for a bit because they were a local team. And then I lived in Cardiff. I took my boy to see Cardiff City play for the last few years. So I follow Cardiff City now. But when you're a kid in Wales, you have to pick up a, a, an English team because Cardiff and Swansea and Wrexham were, were awful, awful in the 80s. Yeah. So everybody 
English team. So I'm a, I'm a I'm a Manchester United fan as well, unfortunately. For, uh-huh. Okay. For, for me right now. How how have, did you watch the playoff games that Cardiff were involved in? I did, yeah, uh, and the Swansea games, yeah. The, I think the two best teams got through to the final in the end. Um, Cardiff and Swansea were quite lucky to get into the playoffs, I think, um, considering where they were at at some point. Um, well, Swansea were, were were great in the in the you know up until about November, they were doing really well. Yeah, and then they kind they of had a, great, a bit. Yeah, they had a great start, and, and you know, apart from a seven goal swing in the last game, they wouldn't have made the playoffs but um, Neil Harris is doing a, a, a decent job he's stopping the Warnock style um, which was which was good for like it was good fun having Warnock there and he took us up to the Prem but fucking hell it was dire football to right. watch it really <laughs> well um, the, 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 the Wizards uh, we're, we're divided on the subject of Neil Warnock because the other Wizard uh, kicker is a Leeds fan and doesn't and oh, yeah. Warnock was not very good when he was there, and I'm a QPR fan, so I think he's great. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was sorry to see him go, but now actually, under the style of football under Harris, it's a lot more attractive to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we were discussing how just watching it with the contrast between um, a kicker who's the Leeds fan who had all these matches to watch after lockdown um, with a lot at stake and then contrast that with QPR supporter who was watching the games and try, finding it very hard to get excited because there was really not much at all at stake. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Um, I've right. been watching Belarusian football, I had, when lockdown first started. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that, that carried on. Right. Um, so we had like a predictor league going on <laughs> for the Belarusian football league. So I, I was a supporter of FC Sluts. FC what? Slutsk. Slutsk. Yeah, they, they sound yeah. like they yeah. sound like a team worth. So, what colour do they wear? Um, FC Slutsk were in blue, but sometimes they would play against Dynamo Brest. So you had the Sluts versus the Brests. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they should go into play against uh, young boys and that would be a good, a good, good game. Uh, right yeah. then, a couple more questions for you, John. Um, if you yeah. could magic yourself into any band, uh, past or present, who would you choose and, and why? I don't, it 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 have to be a band that had lots of fun. I think because I really like when I play live, I really like to have fun on stage. So it wouldn't be a like it wouldn't be a serious musician kind of band like. Bob Dylan's band or something like that. Yeah. It would be it'd probably be someone stupid like I don't know Black Grape something like that. <laughs> you know, just yeah. just just to have a party and just like yeah, I think yeah, they it, they certainly have I'm a party. Gonna, I'm I'm gonna go for Happy Mondays or Black Grape something like that just to yeah have a dance and to not really worry about how we sound. I suppose. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. Um, and uh, another question is is our our cafe question. So if mm. you can imagine that you're in a you're in a um, a cafe ordering breakfast, uh, and you get your you can have toast, and you get your choice of tea or coffee, and then you're allowed four more items. 
what would you choose? So, like, cook breakfast stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's going to be coffee. I have to make that clear, first of all. Okay. So, I'm having um, big beans. Yep. I'm having uh, mushrooms. Good choice. Uh, egg. Uh, bacon and sausage. Well, bacon or sausage. You can't have both. That would be five things. Uh, bacon, then. Okay, good choice. And how are you having that egg? How would you like that egg? Um, I'm afraid. Okay, excellent. Thanks, John. We always ask people that question. I'm not really sure why or what it reveals about the <laughs> what, the interviewee. What? Um, <laughs> what, what what's, what's yours? Oh, I don't, mushrooms, uh, fried egg, mm -hmm. um, uh, sausage, and probably more mushrooms. Yeah, probably a second lot, lot of mushrooms, maybe. No, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It put me on the spot. Has anybody gone, has anybody gone full on meat? So, like sausage, bacon, black pudding, and there must be a third meat substance you can have for cooked breakfast. Uh, no, I don't know. Hash browns. I think I'd go for hash browns. Hash browns have been surprisingly popular. Um, I find them really difficult to eat. Yeah. Well, the, the reason why the, the the origin of this question is that there's a there's a garden centre in uh, in Newton and Willows, uh, which um, that's what you do when you go there for your breakfast. You pay for a breakfast and you're allowed four things from the from the choice. And, yeah. and I always found it very difficult to just choose four things. Um, the the well the, when 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 I come up and do a show up your neck of the woods, you can take me for a breakfast in uh, yeah. in our gardens. Excellent. It's called Trebaran, uh Garden Centre, which sounds very Welsh, doesn't it? But it's, it does, it's yeah. Nora and Bert backwards. It's owned by, or apparently used to be owned by a couple called Nora and Bert, and they put that backwards to spell Trebaran. And there, there is a rumour, I don't think it's true, but there's a rumour that um, Nora and Bert are Rick Astley's parents, because he's from... Really? I, I don't think that's true. I think that's just uh, <laughs> fake news. Well, yeah, there, there is a place in Wales called Tregaron, which is really close uh, to Tregaron. Uh, that's close. right. In fact, uh, my my grandpa was from near there. Uh, there we go. Yeah, he was from near near there, um, and my nan was from a place called Aberiron, which is not that far from there as well. Yeah, that's, it's all like it's all like West Wales way, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, John, so last thing is... Come to trust the wizards for your Welsh geography. Yes, indeed. So any any thoughts on what the next John Mouse record might be uh, like? Yes, yeah, so this one was a bit of a... Um, it took a lot of work, took a lot of hard work, actually, this one. So I've, I hadn't really thought about it and I put it to the side, but... I've started to get some ideas and creep uh, and things have been coming, coming like ideas and inspirations for songs have been coming. But I think this time it will be totally stripped back and just me and a guitar. I think um, so. Sonically, it'll sound a lot differently. Lyrically, it'll be the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I doubt that will ever change. Um, it's the way I write. So um, yeah. Expect expected to be a bit more low key, I think. Last thing, then, John. Uh, 
the album, if people want to buy it, um, I, yeah. I, I I know it was on Kickstarter to buy the CD, but um, can people just go to your Bandcamp? Is that the best place for them to buy it? Uh, go, go to Bandcamp, uh, and you can buy it digitally at the moment. The CDs and vinyl uh, in the middle of being pressed um, is taking a lot longer than we thought because of um, the situation that we're in now. Everything's a lot slower. Um, so we're hoping to get physical copies ready by the end of September now. We were hoping to get them this month. But yeah. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, just follow me, stay in touch. And if you do want physical copies, you'll, you'll know when they're out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's johnmouse.bandcamp.com and you're also on, on Twitter at, uh, is that John Mouse or is uh, John Mouse? I think it's John Mouse Music. John Mouse Music, that's right. Okay, well, John, thanks very much for speaking to us. Um, uh, thank you, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>